0: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast and the celebration continues here i am your host chris the brain joining me to continue this party chad cruz with the one-year anniversary we just can't get enough celebrating
1: I know, and today we're celebrating our one-year anniversary as well as America, as well as Ninjas, and I- a little bit of Dudikoff in there as well.
0: Well yeah, a whole lot of Dudikoff if you ask me. And once again, our party guest. It is the toy man himself, Christy Petrillo. Back-to-back appearances, Chris.
2: That's right. Well, I do love a good party, so I'm happy to be back here talking American Ninja and our beloved Michael Dudikoff.
0: Beloved Michael Dudikoff, beloved Canon Films. It's been a Canon month here on the Bulletproof Podcast. And you know what else is coming up later this week, guys? It is Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think this would be a great time to thank all our listeners out there who got us to this one year mark. And uh, will hopefully get us to two years and perhaps beyond. I don't know if we could survive. We're going to try, though.
1: We'll we'll yeah. do our part if you guys do your part. Yeah, some some might say that our listeners have wonderful taste. Thank.
0: I I would I would agree. Yes. And uh, you know I would encourage our listeners to to spread the word about the Bulletproof Podcast on social media. And you could follow us on social media at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and on Instagram or the Gram as as the kids say. All right. So last time out. Our first part of our celebration, we talked about one of my favorite films, Death Wish 3. This time, Chad, it's the ball is in your court because we're going to be talking okay. about American Ninja, mm. the original, with Michael Dudikoff. Also released 35 years ago this year, August 30th, 1985 to be exact. Directed by one of Canon's most prolific directors, Mr. Sam Furstenberg. And uh, this one I know, Chad really holds a special place in your heart. You kind of talked about it a little bit at the end of our show last time.
1: Yeah. It's one of those movies that kind of, it, it defined me a lot as a kid in in, in weird ways that it probably shouldn't have um, who I wanted to be when I grew up, what I wanted to be, wh- what I went as uh, for Halloween, like every year, how I wanted my hair styled. Um, so, you know, every, I, I don't know, probably three to four years in a row. I was a ninja or I was a soldier. Uh, I wanted to be a soldier at times. I wanted to be a ninja at times. I wanted to be a ninja soldier. Uh, But through all of that, I always wanted to have amazing hair like Michael Didikoff.
0: And you've maintained that goal uh, all these years later.
1: Yeah, the one main goal is good hair.
0: Fortunately, yours has not started falling out. I can't say the same for our colleague on this podcast. But Chris, let's start talking about the film here.
2: Let's do Thanks. that. Yeah, let's skip over my receding hairline.
0: It's rec- it's, yeah, I think it's <laughs> all right. Anyway, it, everything starts off Fort Sonora. Guys are playing hacky sack. I gotta imagine. I can picture you being quite the hacky sack
2: player, Chris. Ah, uh, you know, I did dabble with the sack back in the day. Wait, can we see that on the podcast? <laughs> yes, you can. And uh, you know, I'm disappointed that in the hacky sack scene, we did not get a true showing of uh, ninja hacky sack skills. I feel like that was a missed opportunity.
0: Well, yeah, uh, we got Joe Armstrong there. He's kind of the new guy on the base and uh, he's kind of keeping to himself. So, yeah, he doesn't want to to show his ninja skills just yet. He's not even talking at this point. Um, and then, Chad, we're introduced to one of your I mean, one of the reasons I'm sure this is one of your all time favorite movies.
1: We see Patricia,
0: the colonel's daughter played by the lovely and talented Judy Aronson.
1: Absolutely. And uh, she walks out of that building and toward that car and just uh, a bolt of lightning struck me right in the heart as like a seven, eight year old when I saw this movie for the first time. And uh, she, she is the daughter of the Colonel. Uh, I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this. I'm I'm assuming early twenties.
0: I would think so. Yes.
1: Early twenties. Um, and she's waiting for Charlie to give her a ride to the airport, I believe. And, um, duty is just kind of hanging out there, leaning against the truck. And I have to say that these guys are playing hacky sack next to him. Uh, they're acknowledging him. They're talking about him. They're the, the hacky sack goes over by him and he doesn't do anything. He just kind of stands there. Mm -hmm. And I know, he knows. I know, but I get it. Like, I understand why they don't like him because he really is kind of an asshole.
0: Well, and yeah. And again, he, he's, he, we, we find more out about his past and, you know, he's had, a, he's had a rough uh, life, um, uh, did, did a uh, young Joe Armstrong there. Uh, we also meet Sergeant Ronaldo at this point, who's played by John LaMotta and John LaMotta is a guy who pops up in just about, I think every Sam Furstenberg movie, Chris.
2: Yes. uh, Let's not forget that in Revenge of the Ninja, he was killed in a public men's room.
0: He was. And then he was uh, one of the cops in Ninja 3, The Domination.
2: He was. And besides Sam Furstenberg films, he was uh, probably best remembered for being the uh, nosy neighbor on Alf.
0: Yeah. I would say Uh, he's an Alf, But you know what? He's also was in Break Into Electric Boogaloo, but his scene got cut. But if you check the uh, credits, he's up there. He was a cop. Uh, in that one as well. So Furstenberg definitely was, I mean, he has said on, and some several of the commentaries that I've listened to uh, that that John LaMotta was a good friend. So it makes sense getting his friend some work. That's why Chad's on this show, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm your friend?
0: Yes, and I feel sorry for you and give you some work here uh, on the podcast.
1: This is a this is a big moment because I don't think you've ever admitted to admitted no. that. Admitted yeah. that we're friends? Yeah. Well, Yeah.
0: it's Thanksgiving. The holidays, I'm feeling good. So anyway, uh, we got Patricia, Sergeant Ronaldo, and Charlie. They're the kind of lead car. They're they're leading this caravan, uh, that's convoy. filled with convoy. Okay, convoy. It's a military vehicles.
1: Let's call it a convoy.
0: Okay, we'll call it a convoy. And uh, they have various uh, equipment. I'm assuming some weapons, things that they're hauling. I don't know where they're exactly taking them, but they're going. And along the way, they get ambushed by some gun wielding rebels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the first people to stand up to all these guys is actually Patricia.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it, it comes less from a, like a tough upbringing or like she's she's a tough girl at heart. She's not, you know, Ellen uh, Ripley or anything. She's really just kind of like a stubborn uh, silver spoon kind of girl. That's how I. Yeah, yeah,
2: she's
1: spoiled. And she's like, she's oh, an army. Bro. We're not stopping for these guys. Look, at smell these guys, B.O. Like, let's move. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. These guys were pretty sweaty.
0: Yeah, so, Chad. Chad yeah. has smell vision. Uh, he has smell vision edition. <laughs> yeah. Awful,
1: by
2: the way. The Samsung scratch and sniff over there at Cassidy. No,
1: no one wants a TV that you can smell. Trust me. Uh, but yeah, she she's like the first one to to put up any type of uh, defense against these guys. And it, it's only after she really takes off and flips the shit out of that car yeah. <laughs> that our ninja buddy steps into action.
0: Yeah, yeah, she does not uh, do do well for the stereotype of woman driver uh, in that <laughs> no. moment, for not sure. At all. So yeah, like you said, Joe Armstrong jumps into action and kind of watching from above. Chris, we've got the Black Star Ninja himself, Tadashi Yamashita.
2: That's right. And before we actually get a glimpse of him watching the. Uh the resistance, the fight back against these guys. I love how when everyone's being kind of led into formation by these guerrillas, by these terrorists, that Michael Dudikoff just nonchalantly ducks the uh, butt of the rifle and the villain does this little tumble salt and just rolls back to his feet. And that does not lead to any sort of fight. It's just like this little, uh, gymnastic formation, like a little aside to the fight that is
1: yet to come. And the guy had fingerless gloves on purple fingerless gloves, by the way.
2: Could have been a backup answer for Michael Jackson. Huh? He
1: might have been. They might have just been like, hey, there's a set over there where you're filming some terrible music video? Come over here. Are you sweaty? You're in. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're hired.
0: Uh, we get an army of ninjas as well that join these rebels.
1: Yeah, they shimmy down trees to join in the fight. It's pretty awesome.
0: So, yeah, were they in those trees the whole time? How, how long were they up there?
1: Yeah. Jungle ninjas. I feel like there's a certain amount of time you can hang out in those trees because there's not a lot of limbs up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like a... I don't know if it cuts off the circulation because you, you got to have like your your leg kind of wrapped around something. So maybe these are specially tree uh, climbing trained ninjas. Well, every
0: one of the ninjas was probably Steve Lambert. So, true. Um, you know, and he could do everything. I'm, as a matter of fact, we should probably get that out of the way in case he happens to listen to this.
1: Yes. he.
0: Um, if he's listening, I just want to make sure that we... Get it out there that he did everything that's great in this film. Absolutely. Um, and is the entire reason this film is awesome and the entire reason that Canon is awesome. And, you know, just I want to give him his, his just due um, so I don't get called unprofessional again.
1: And I think that I think that he is the actual American Ninja. Yes. And you'd think that, you know, later on we'll see that this uh, ninja training facility, they all have like these different colored uh, uniforms. I feel like these, these ninjas here specifically had like – tree uniforms like tree chemo- like the five element ninjas like they were just specially trained to climb trees well that could be you may be onto something there chad yeah book it i'm ready
2: that could have been a subset of gi joe figures in the 80s like the jungle ninja force that's they probably you know it probably just,
0: was weren't there like I arctic think. ninjas there had to be jungle ninjas. I don't.
2: Yeah, well, they actually, they actually even just redid the Storm Shadow yes, uh, as I, the Arctic Storm Shadow. But
0: they didn't do a like regular Storm Shadow, did they? Or at least not yet. I don't think so.
2: Uh, not for the new six-inch figures, but they did do an updated uh, normal, uh, or as they call it now, retro Storm Shadow. Since they're trying to uh, revamp the three and three fourth inch line, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I I did notice that six inch Arctic Storm. I'm like, well, why why are we starting here? Of course, they also had what uh, Pimp Destro, but they had regular Destro as well. So I don't I don't understand.
1: While we're on the subject of, of these toys, yes. I have an idea for Toy Man, but I'm going to save oh. it for later okay we think gonna,
2: we, we gotta get that out of the way i mean it's we can't have a podcast with me on it without going over some type of hypothetical yeah. figures to right without badgering you let's do it yeah. that's right let's get again back it. A,
0: sooner or later the squeaky wheel will get the grease so <laughs> we're gonna just keep hammering away until you're like shut up here's your stupid even if it's a one-off i'll just get in the mail here's Chris, your I'm paul bad. kersey figure shut up leave I'm me bad. alone
1: uh
2: Hey, don't forget that I am completely on board with doing this stuff. It's getting the higher-ups to agree to it that the problem—
1: I've is. got a crisp $20 bill that says "Oh, make this happen. B- bribery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, and actually, actually, I think—don't you guys have where you can make your own figure?
2: Uh, we do have so, the My Face on a figure where your face can be scanned and then added so, to so one wait, of the— Can we programs. send you a
0: picture of Charles Bronson and say, this <laughs> is my face?
2: Uh, no, I'm sure that the estate would probably have something to say about that. That's that's why a lot of people from the Batman classic TV series were never made, because even though we have the license through Warner Brothers to do the show, the certain actors, their estates will not sign off on any merchandise um, being done by them. OK,
1: this is unbelievable.
0: Oh, it really is. OK, well, where were we? We're, we're off off the track, but that's all right. So Patricia, she's now on foot.
1: Yeah, she, wrecked, she, uh, she flipped car.
0: the car. So she's he's just traipsing through the jungle. Joe's there right there with her, though. Um, and again, at this point, Joe still has not said a word.
1: Yeah, um, well, let's let's stop right now. OK, OK. Just stop. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> we forgot uh, he possessed great skills. We forgot that these ninjas, they appeared out of the jungle and they started firing arrows at people. Mm hmm. And Joe straight up blocked him with a shovel.
2: <laughs> yes. And Not the shovel with the shovel handle. With the shovel
1: handle. He blocked two of them and then yeah. he caught one with the, the D handle on the shovel. And, and then he ripped it out and broke it in half, which is one of the most like savage things you could do. Cause he just like stares black star Ninja in the eye when he does it. It's pretty awesome.
2: Keeping up that smug attitude from the hacky sack scene, no less. Yeah. He
1: could have done that with the hack. He could have ripped the hacky sack in half beads fly everywhere. Could have done the movie in 3D, beads flying at the screen. It had been wild. Uh, but yeah, before him and Patricia take off into the jungle, we we get that shot of him, you know, being a true badass and doing that with the arrows.
0: Yeah, and at this point, really, I mean, thankfully, he's about to help Patricia because, yeah, he doesn't come across as like really a great hero at this. He's more of an anti-hero. Yeah, he's an asshole. Well, or that. That's another way to say it. Okay, so they're in the jungle. Uh, they end up having to go into the water which then means their clothes are all wet, Chad. And I bet Chad Cruz was so excited, but it didn't happen. You'd have to go watch Friday the 13th, the final chapter, uh, to get your naked Judy Aronson.
1: Which, you know what, I did not know for years. Oh,
0: my. See, I I, I think I saw that one before I saw this one.
1: I didn't know about that movie for many years until I was, like, an adult. So, what a...
0: What a your life could have changed if if you would
1: have it, probably saved me. I'm not gonna lie, (laughs) but
0: so yeah, they get their little kind of a kind of a little blue lagoon moment that uh, Chris uh, between the two of them,
2: uh, such as when he's trying to help her you know move more efficiently and she thinks that he's trying to undress her.
0: Yes, they're yeah, and they're just you know, they're kind of you know, just once they get get out of there, get out of the water, drying off their clothes, they're just you know, they're kind of like. Nature boy and nature girl.
1: Yeah. He's still being real quiet too, which is funny. And he breaks off her heels and he, like, like Chris was saying, he slices her skirt in half so she can run. Right. He's helping her. But what I think is funny about the scene is, you know, she's like, you know, giving him all kinds of hell about it because he's ruining her shoes and messing up her skirt. Uh, and then he just kind of like slaps her hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's probably the first time that the care, you know, Patricia has ever been treated this way.
0: And maybe that's what kind of because it's not very long then after yeah. that that there's you know a little twinkle in her eye when oh, it comes yeah. to to Joe Armstrong
1: and then she gets the pan up of you know Duty's uh, tanned body there which is oh boy what a bummer you know what I mean if you're gonna do a close up <laughs> of one of the two I mean what were you thinking
0: yeah if you're gonna have a naked torso I I know which one you yeah. wanted Yep. it was Dudikoff and you got your wish okay
1: absolutely. I mean, what?
0: Hmm. Uh, they get back. Uh, you know, they they get back eventually. Uh, her dad is pissed. Colonel William Hickok. He's pissed. Played by a Gooch Cook, Gooch. who we talked about on uh, the uh Andy Sedaris podcast sometime back. Yes, he's in those a couple of those movies.
1: I couldn't have said that. I have never heard of this person.
0: Well, we did talk about it, and then uh, yeah, we did. Trust me. Go back I'm in sure. the archives. I'm you can sure check it on out on that
1: podcast.
0: You were on the. I mean, we we both said about four things. I think I said Gooch Cook, and you said hello, and uh, yeah. RTG took it from there. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Colonel Hickok, he's pissed. Um, you know, this is the third time they've been ambushed, which is obviously a problem. But this is the first time with casualties because this is the first time we had old uh, Joe Armstrong actually fighting back. Um, and Sergeant Ronaldo is sure to throw joe under the bus there and Ronaldo, you, you already get the, the feeling here chris that he's going to be a problem in this movie
2: yeah and i mean i think that that came across when black star ninja had him pinned against the uh the front of the truck and did not take the opportunity to stab him poke him punch him he was just there and you're like okay he's kind of letting him off a little easy and uh you know we would see that unfold as the film went on
0: and we also at this point meet the other key character in this movie, at least on the side of the good guys, Sergeant Curtis Jackson, the late great Steve James. And I don't know why they ask him about the wounds. They're like, have you examined those wounds? Yes. I believe ninjas were involved. Like they, these guys saw that ninjas were involved,
2: <laughs> but, but we have Use that. Don't ask. Don't tell. Policy. We've got,
0: we've got uh, <laughs> Curtis Jackson doing his corner bit. Uh, thinks he's Quincy. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, yeah. So he's like, I believe ninjas kill these men, which he is correct. He, and he wasn't
1: there. So that's impressive. Maybe Jackson was agreeing with the two guys who were there. You know, they, maybe they were, they were asked about what happened and they said, Hey, there were these freaking black clad ninjas that popped out of the jungle, shot everybody with bow and arrows and tied a guy up with a chain, like some SM shit. And no one believed him. you know, cause who would believe that happened? And maybe Jackson, being the martial arts expert that they have on base, was like, "No, I believe that ninjas killed these men."
0: Well, that, that's that makes as much sense as anything else you could have said there. So, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Accept. All right. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, we've we've got Sergeant Curtis Jackson. He's involved now. Uh, Joe and Patricia are back. Uh, you know, obviously the colonel wants to speak to Joe and Gooch. Uh, go, Oh Gooch Cook. And uh Gooch Are we not wait, wait, wait,
1: sorry? Are we sure it's not Goochcock?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure any of this is even recording, so it doesn't matter. I don't even see any levels anymore on you. Oh, so this period. whole fucking thing is probably a waste oh, of goddamn man. time right now. I hope so. <sighs>
2: so the soldiers are not too happy with Joe.
0: That's right. So the soldiers are, you know, the rest of the base is pissed at Joe. They yeah. they do not like Joe. Obviously, he's really given them no reason to like him. And now this whole brouhaha with with the colonel's daughter does not sit well with the, the rest of the, the soldiers on the base.
2: And he gets to play Fall Guy. He does. And I don't mean Lee Majors either. Of yeah. course not. I mean, he's going to take the brunt of the blame. You know, the, the new kid in town. But he does
0: star with Lee Majors in Musketeers Forever. <laughs> uh, just a little Ooh, side what, note there. What a wonderful film. It's so wonderful it's yet to be been covered uh, huh. on Bulletproof Action. How about uh, that? And and when you have the number one Michael Dudikoff fan, too, and, and it's not been mm. covered. Tells you a lot about that film, I think.
2: And one thing I liked about the uh, the soldiers quarters is they have an animalized era kiss poster where the faces are obscured by giant bumper stickers that say <laughs> Simpson. Yet at the lower portion of the poster, you can actually see the likeness of the members of Kiss. So I don't know if they were trying to like, you know, oh, we don't want Gene and Paul to sue us or anything for showing their likeness without any approval. We'll just cover them up with these bumper stickers, but whoever decorated the set forgot to do it on the lower half of the post. And
0: Gene Simmons would sue you too. You, yeah, I could definitely sue You him. guys are very lucky at Figures Toy Company that you, you got his uh his approval there.
2: That we're on his good side. Yeah. That's right. Yes, you are.
0: All right. So now we're going to meet uh, another one of our villains, Mr. Victor Ortega, or Senior Ortega, played by Don Stewart. Uh, and he's taken some potential buyers on a tour of his palatial estate, and we see the beautiful gardens tended to by Shin Yuki played by John Fujioka, and then the ninja training ground that you spoke about earlier, Chad.
1: Yeah, it's glorious. It's got it's like your uh, obstacle course meets uh, American Ninja Warrior meets a bunch of dumbasses wearing different colored uniforms. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, like. W- What's, what's with the different colors as a kid, I loved it. And as like a toy maker, i am gone crazy over it because it's an awesome idea. Oh, we can just put the same body type in different paints. That's awesome. But I, it really makes no sense. And Ortega, like he's leading, leading these guys around and he's like showing them like, ah, these guys are efficient and the, the, everything they do is fantastic. And then he's like, see how great they are. And then Blackstar Ninja beats the shit out of like six of them. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense.
2: And did you notice that the scene includes uh, a soundtrack from Revenge of the Ninja? They reuse some of the ninja fight music from Revenge of the Ninja for that scene.
1: Very nice. You know, that's the it, canon man. way. We're lucky they didn't use the same scene, the actual scene. <laughs> no, that's PM entertainment. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: right. that, yeah that would be PM. You're, you PM. got that right. That that car flipping with Judy Aronson would have been used in three <laughs> other movies on PM yeah. Entertainment. But God bless both companies. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so we go into uh so we yeah, we get the big big thing with Black Star Ninja. He's obviously the best of the best. Yeah. But now we're gonna find out who's the best of the best between our heroes because we get a, a great moment in the movie. Uh, I'm sure this is one of your favorite scenes, Chad, because Joe Armstrong and Curtis Jackson are going to go one on one, and uh, Armstrong does it with a bucket on his head.
1: Yeah, it's it's WrestleMania six, like it's the main event. Hogan, Warrior, you got Dudikoff, Steve James. I mean, it's perfect and it's amazing for Canon to have done this. At the, it didn't end the way I wanted it to end. Okay, let's be honest about that. Curtis Jackson does not get his ass handed to him that easily by anybody, let alone Michael Dudikoff. I'm sorry. It should have been closer. It should have been a little bit of give and take. Uh, but Curtis Jackson pushes him just enough where Joe finally like gives in. He's like, all right, let's do this. And he only does it – it's like a very uh, like 70- or what, 55-year-old Steven Seagal kind of fight where you touch him and he just kind of flings you 12 feet. If you ever watch those like Steven Seagal movies anymore. Um, but Joe beats the crap out of Curtis Jackson. And then he has the audacity to put a bucket on his head and let Jackson come after him with a, I don't know, a broom handle or something. And he still beats the crap out of him. It, it, uh, I'm sorry. As much as I love this scene, it also pains me inside. What say you, Chris?
2: For someone who isn't entirely sure how he acquired uh, these abilities, he's awfully confident in his abilities by putting a bucket over his head and just you know, dodging the bar, you know, dodging the uh, the butt of a gun. Uh, you know, he he's walking with that swagger. You know, he's he does not care because he has that inner confidence. He knows that he can take these people out. Although, you know, after the fight's over, when Steve James makes the pitch, like you know, hey, we can we can take this show on the road. This can be like wrestling. We can set up exhibitions. You know, was he throwing the fight? Was he kind of? Uh, you know, giving uh, Dudikoff uh, or Joe a little bit of leeway just to be like, hey, you know, we can do this. You know, you're not really hurting me and I don't have to really hurt you. We can just make it all a big show. Yeah, I mean,
0: an entrepreneurial spirit there by Mr. Curtis Jackson. He wanted uh yeah, I, I do love the tie-in with the wrestling. And I want to say I've seen a picture from the set where he has like an old school WWF hat on. Really? I've, I've seen that. That would be awesome. I've seen that, like the old block logo. Um, so yeah, so obviously Curtis is is very interested in where Joe learned the moves, and as you guys mentioned, he doesn't know he 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 just knows them. He doesn't know how he got them. It's just instinct for him at this point.
1: Yeah, and, and Jackson's real cool. Like he loses, and he immediately was like, "All right, I know when I've been bested. Like this dude's all right with me, right?" And everybody agrees to it. So he's kind of back in the good graces of the rest of the men. And uh, and then like you said, Jackson's like. Instantly changes to like, how can we make money off of this? I like it.
0: You know, it's smart, smart business. And then he also kind of gets in a few jabs uh, because Patricia shows up Mm -hmm. and you could see the the little twinkle now is in uh, Joe Armstrong's eye as well. Uh, And of course, as guys are known to do, he, he kind of gives them a little grief for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, who didn't see Patricia walking down and get the old, you say twinkle, I say tingle.
0: Oh, okay. Well, the colonel now just wants her to go go home, uh, but she has other ideas, and her idea is to concoct this whole story uh, that ends up with Joe having dinner with her. But the way Joe gets to this dinner, because at this point he has been confined to the base after the incident with the with the convoy and the ambush, but. Uh, His boys, Charlie and uh, old Curtis Jackson, help him out. And we get a pretty awesome uh, vehicular moment here, Chris, uh, with Mr. Joe Armstrong.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Charlie, like how quickly everybody that's not named Curtis Jackson suddenly takes to Joe Mm -hmm. now. You know, no hesitation, no reservations about him. But, yeah, uh, you know, he's not going to let anything get in the way of his budding romance. And obviously this is to set. Uh, Miss Aronson up to be his uh, Achilles heel towards the end so he uh, he basically turns from American Ninja into the cool rider from Grease (laughs) 2 to be able to get to this dinner
0: I I did not expect a Grease 2 reference uh when we (laughs) began this podcast (laughs) or when I began 2020 for that matter uh so yeah we we get this uh this romance is really budding here Chad Cruz uh she's kind of pulling some strings, making things happen. And they go out to dinner, but there's a problem.
1: This whole restaurant scene is really a a kick in the nuts for anybody who, who loves Judy Aronson the way that I did as a kid, but it really does kind of drive the story a little bit further. And it kind of takes us into Joe's world a little bit because, you know, as a character, we have almost nothing on him at this point we don't know where he's from, what he's done, all this stuff. And we're getting pieces here and there. We know that he's a badass and he has all these skills and whatnot, but we don't know who about him as a person at all. So the fact that he is into Patricia is like the only thing that we get. So that's what we're going to have to go on as a character and as a film. So it, it works out well. And it leads into, uh, Ronaldo and Ortega who are having dinner. Oh my God, look at that. Ronaldo is, uh, oh, not on the up and up, but, they see this happening and uh it's not going to be good for patricia
0: right and ronaldo had basically told you know Ortega, oh yeah we took care of of that problem you know he's confined to the base and you know he looks foolish because there's joe sitting there two three tables over having dinner
1: yeah and he's not even trying to hide he's like in his class a's just hanging out <laughs> like he's, he's in his uniform <laughs>
0: This causes
1: Ortega to come
0: up with a plan, uh, and he has his boy Ronaldo on the take Ronaldo uh, set it up. So Joe, the next day, Chris, is set to make a delivery to a warehouse, but it is a trap.
2: It is a trap because there is no one to receive the delivery. They are looking to deliver some punishment to our American ninja, and it does not go so well. For the men enlisted to take him out,
0: Joe Armstrong is like the ultimate monkey wrench for every evil plan in this movie. You, you think you have him, um, and every time he's he just screws him over because he's so good. He's so damn good, Chad. He's slippery. I mean, we've got ninjas on American Ninja action.
1: Yeah, it's everything you want in a film called American Ninja, and that's that's one of the things that you know Canon always did so well with their ninja movies is they gave you plenty of ninja action. Uh, but in the American Ninja franchise, especially with the first couple films, um, you get to watch the star both in and out of Ninja Gear fight against other ninjas, which is awesome, especially as a kid. And this scene in particular, he's doing some shit like he's doing his like uh, his sneaking around business a little bit better. Later on, you know he's fighting with swords and he's you know bone arrows, whatever but here he's kind of using these like other skills that you don't see throughout the rest of the film. So it's, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. And we get some vehicular mayhem again with, with the truck and the, uh, the motorcycle with the sidecar. Yep. We get a little, you know, a lot of action here. And that was, you know, the, the Canon way of doing business is, you know, every few minutes there had to be an action scene and we're getting a big one here. Um, And when it's all said and done, Joe is actually inside, ortega's operation and we he's kind of now getting a feel for exactly what ortega is into and it's obviously doing some uh, arms dealing and uh then uh joe ends up you know they they figure out he's he's on on the on their property he's on the run and good old uh shinuki john Fujioka shows up chad and uh kind of shows him the way to get out of there
1: yeah you follow me come this way Let's go have some tea and have a talk.
0: well, that's a little bit later on he He gives him that kind of that little shortcut that looks like a mine or something, maybe he goes through oh yeah, 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 and then uh kind of gets him the escape path and then just get to the jungle, and they're like, where the hell you know this guy's just disappeared,
1: where just go this dude go, yeah
0: so Joe gets back to the base instantly met by the m p s they arrest him um, and who's the first man to speak up on uh Joe's behalf,
2: Chris? Good old Curtis Jackson, who is now his best buddy after their little encounter earlier in the film.
0: Yeah, he's there. He believes a mistake has been made. Um, Finds out Joe was being charged with stealing the, the the very military equipment that we find out you know Hickok and and uh, Ronaldo are providing uh, Ortega so he could sell to the highest bidder. Um, so obviously this is a BS charge. Um, and Curtis loops in our, Patricia. And they try to speak to the colonel about it, Um, and he says, "You know, he doesn't care. Joe's getting court-martialed. He he doesn't want any of it." And at this point, we don't know that uh, the colonel is is kind of in on this dirty business as well.
1: Right. He's like, "Make sure Joe is in cell three tonight." Right, and
0: that's when again, uh, once again. So, all right, Joe's in a cell. He's got nowhere to go. Black Star Ninja is. Got the plan. He's going to go and just kill Joe, and this will be over with. But again, another backfire for them. Um, And this is backfires big time, because not only does Joe survive, he manages to escape. And that's when he runs into Jackson. He tells him about Ronaldo. And this is when Jackson then loops in Patricia. And they kind of, once again, they're going to try to go to Colonel Hickok. But this does not work out well for them,
2: uh, Chris. It does not. I mean, it's working out pretty well for Joe Armstrong because people uh, believe him rather easily, which is funny given that, you know, he's the new guy. No one knows a lot about him. He could very easily be a mole for Ortega's organization. You don't know what his true plans are. And, uh, you know, Jackson and Patricia are just like, oh, Joe said that. Okay, well, it must be true. Uh, You know, fortunately, he is on the side of good. But. As it turns out, the colonel is not because his offer of assistance is really all a ploy to get Joe back. Yeah, into he's jail.
0: back in jail. Um, Ronaldo's even there with the MPs to to kind of that's like salt in the wound, I would think, Chad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know now they're even they've upped the charges to manslaughter um, based on the the guards that died. You know because Joe apparently had shuriken with him yeah. uh, when they locked him up, which is stupid you stupid. That would not stand in a court.
1: <laughs> Get mad, dude. I like it. Let's do this. I, uh,
0: yeah, I'm just, come on. But again, to, to Chris's point, I mean, nobody knows anything about Joe. So he'd be an easy guy to just pin something on and be like, what?
1: Look at his past. Yeah, he's the perfect tall guy.
0: Right, exactly.
1: There you go. And not Lee Majors. All
0: right. But once again, what happens? He possessed great skill. He does. He, he's he's more like, he's like Houdini. He can escape anything. Yeah. Um, and this leads to a great Jeep chase because again, we, we had maybe five minutes of talking. So we got to, we got to get back to the action.
1: Quick, quick kill someone in a explosion or otherwise stabbed. And I, one of the things I
0: like about this and it kind of a little bit of GI Joe, of course in GI Joe, nobody would have died, but right where you have like the innocent uh, driver of the Jeep and Ronaldo Boots him out of there, like mm-hmm. moments before he himself dies. So this way, the the poor soldier who had nothing to do with anything, he doesn't die. But yeah. the guy who deserved to die, Ronaldo, he's out. So that's right. that was nice. I like that that little bit that they put in there.
1: Although Poetic earlier, justice. you know, when, when Blackstar Ninja does come to kill Joe in his jail cell, uh, there's an awesome fight scene on top of a bunch of trucks, and eventually the MP show up, and one of them gets it. And, uh, you know, he was just doing his job. Brain. Right. But did
0: he get it from the Black Star Ninja? He did. He did. But, you know. So it, that's that's what I'm, it's a bad it's guy too. doing it. Like, if Joe would have killed him, that would have been wrong.
1: That would have been messed up. <laughs> like, whoa, what just happened?
0: All right. So now all this nonsense has happened. Ronaldo's dead. Hickok calls over Ortega. And we now know for sure this guy is dirty.
1: And I knew lost. it. I knew it all along, Brain. You did. Yep. No one has a daughter that hot without selling their soul to the devil. All right. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't Are know. we speaking from experience? He know what he's
2: about. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's fine. So yeah, I, I, why would yeah why would a father want a daughter that you would think that would cause him great yeah, it's problems? The,
1: the, it's like my nightmare actually.
0: Right. Your daughter is that hot. She's yeah. going to have all kinds of situations happening that you are not going to want to think about right. or you're going to want to try to prevent.
1: Well, that's probably why he's such an asshole. And he like he has made his way so far up into the military because he's like, I have to continue to be promoted to make more money, to have more power, to have more people beneath me. And, and have so John I- Wayne
0: pictures hanging in my home.
1: Yep. You have to really embrace this lifestyle of like uh, control. That way, nobody tries to mess with you.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. So Hickok, at this point though, does kind of want out of out of the deal. He was in on it, but he's like, you know what? This is this has become a mess. It was going fine there for a while. You were ambushing my convoys. I was getting my kickback. Everything is great now. People are dying. Um, so he, he's 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 getting cold feet. But it seems like Ortega may have suspected this, Chris, because he has a little insurance policy in the form of his boy, the Black Star Ninja, kidnapping Patricia.
2: That's right. And what better way to get a man to do your bidding than to kidnap his daughter, his own flesh and blood, putting Patricia in the damsel in distress situation, and setting us up for the climax, the big third act, where it's uh, all hands on deck. Uh,
0: Once again, Joe infiltrates Ortega's compounds, And this is the the scene you were, were talking about, Chad. Yes, uh, where he meets Shinyuki um, and they, they, we get a little this is where we kind of fill in some of the blanks about our boy Joe Armstrong.
1: Yeah, uh, John Fujioka, what an awesome father figure uh, for the several minutes he's on screen, but he he sits down and has a tea with with Joe and he starts to fill him and and us both in on his upbringing and you know he found him as a baby in, in the jungle. And he raised him. He, I taught you only what you need to know. And he taught him all kinds. Of, and by only what you need to know, he means like ninja skills, uh, how to use swords and shit. Not like, you know, how to like make a fire or, uh, you know, clean, purify water, but to throw ninja stars. So uh, Shinuki like kind of reminds him of all these things. And then Joe starts to remember it. And he does the whole kobudetta and like ninja magic and it, it's a really cool scene.
0: It really is, and uh, you know, again, kind of gives us that backstory, that much-needed backstory uh, that that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, at this at this point, then Joe interrupts the big arms deal. So that guy, uh, that uh, Ortega, was wooing earlier on. You know, taking him on the tour. He's there to buy this missile launching device. What was it, Chad? A rocket launcher? A miss? What sure.
1: is it? Missile device. I like that. That's
0: good. It's a missile device. Okay. Uh, but Ortega's there and he's got the Patricia card and he's going to play it. So that kind of puts a kink in things. And then we get hit. And then let's not forget, even though they're not that great because the Black Star Ninja could easily kill them. Ortega's Ninja Army shows up and it's an awesome scene because you get the puff of smoke oh, yeah. and Shinyuki shows up. So they're there back to back surrounded by ortega ninjas and it's
2: more ninja fighting for a movie called american ninja we certainly get our fair share of ninja i mean this,
0: this was kind of you know they they had closed the book on the first ninja trilogy and and shifted over to american ninja and uh they didn't miss a beat uh you know they did not miss a beat so then uh we get hickok and curtis jackson and the rest of the army guys they arrive they storm the gates um and you know this leads to more awesomeness
1: yeah, get the colonel. Finally, gets he finally gets like payback, you know, because he he's made some mistakes and he he's ready to atone for them. And his atonement includes getting a lot of weapons uh, and basically uh, going to war against this uh, this illegal arms dealer in the Philippines, uh, which
0: right. who's who's uh, kidnapped his daughter. Who's I mean, kidnapped
1: his daughter. So uh, like, you got my daughter. So it's a. Uh, Yeah, it becomes this massive gun battle slash uh, sword fight. You know, you got Joe and Shinyuki over there going, you know, uh, Batman and Robin style back to back against Ortega's ninja goons. And it's so awesome. Like (laughs) it is everything that American Ninja, if you put the poster up and you put like a dude in a military uniform with a sword, you're like. Okay, so he's a soldier and he's a ninja. Well, that's what the finale is. It's soldiers fighting against ninjas, at the same time as ninjas fighting against ninjas, and it's magical.
0: And I like for a moment there, the the uh, prospective buyers are like, oh, wait a minute, let's let's check this out. Like this is an awesome show. Yeah,
2: they're
0: but like, at some point they're like, okay, we've had enough of this shit. <laughs> We're getting out
2: of here. Yeah, they stood there like you would stand there at the end of a Marvel movie (laughs) waiting for the end credit scene to pop up. So they're like, oh,
0: but then they're like, no, we're out of there. And now Ortega's like, oh, no, you're not. And he takes care of them. Um, Meanwhile, Joe is now finally getting to go at it one on one with the Black Star Ninja. And, uh, you know, this is obviously what they've been building since the moment Black Star Ninja laid eyes on Joe and the great skills that Joe possessed, Chad.
1: Yeah, and we, we already know that he possesses great skills and the only one and he had proper motivation with Patricia being captured but now after fighting against a, a bunch of you know nameless faceless guys he's warmed up he's ready to go and then what happens his father figure gets killed
0: mm.
1: oh talk about motivation so now Joe really wants to kick some ass like you say he goes mono mono against the Black star ninja and there's swords and lasers and all kinds of crazy shit. A yeah, laser.
0: I, I love that laser. I always, it's like I, every time I watch it, I forget about the laser. And then the laser comes and I'm like, oh my God, he's got a laser. I mean, that's every, <laughs> every time. I don't, one of these days I'll remember, but I hope I don't really, because it's, it's such right. euphoria every time that comes on the screen.
1: You're like, no wonder he's like the top ninja. He has a freaking laser.
0: right? It's like if you have a shark with laser beams attached to it, how awesome are those? A ninja with a laser beam. It's the same principle. Ortega would
1: have ruled the world.
0: Um, And speaking of Ortega, he's now going to get in his chopper. Um, He's got Patricia still with him. They're going to wait though, because he needs his boy, the black star ninja. He, he recognizes that uh, part of his success or a good chunk
1: of it. Most uh, of it
0: (laughs) relies on having the black star ninja on his
1: squad. He literally um, sends the Black Star Ninja to do everything.
0: Right. Even though well, the Black Star Ninja kind of failed here. Well, definitely failed. But, you know, he's still the, be- the best of the bunch. So we get that. We get uh, Colonel Hickok. He tries to, to intervene here, and he gets shot. And I guess, I mean, I, I remember watching this with my mother. And a mother's point of view, I guess, is different than mine. Because she's very concerned. Like, did he survive? Like, <laughs> I don't know, Mom. I don't think so. But she was very concerned if Colonel Hickok survived or not, I'm going to say, no,
1: I think, I think it's a good, no. Cause he, he turned it around, right. He made mistakes and he atoned for him. Right. Yeah. His daughter's saved in the end. It's a good way to go out. You know, he atoned for his sins before he passed away.
0: All right. So now the, the, the helicopter's taken off, but Joe, that's not going to stop Joe because for, isn't there a rope for some unknown reason? So he can climb it basically. Um, so yeah, Joe makes his way onto the helicopter, Chris.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned having the rope. I, I think it was a requirement in '80s action that every helicopter has a rope so that people could dangle and climb and swing and sway from it. And uh, Joe saves the day, saves Patricia, and his good buddy, Mr. Jackson, decides to put the exclamation point on all of the action that we saw in the third act in the form of blowing that copter to hell.
0: That, Like you said, that is the exclamation point on this thing, an exploding helicopter.
1: They really went all in on the finale. And we even got to see Curtis Jackson fight like a discount below young. At one point, <laughs> uh, he's yes. like a dollar tree below young. <laughs> he's great. And he doesn't put up as much of fight as bullying young would have. But when Jackson comes in with that, with that rocket launcher, oh, it's so good.
0: This is just such a great movie. And, um, very glad we're covering it, um, you know, fitting of our celebration, for sure, uh, along with Death Wish 3, American Ninja, two great movies from 1985. Chris, any final thoughts on American Ninja?
2: Uh, it's one of my favorites, you know, since the time I was a kid watching it in the living room of my aunt's house and had it on a VHS that I would rewind and rewatch constantly. This is a canon classic right up there with Death Wish 3, right up there with Avenging Force. It's it's one that belongs in every Action Fans collection, uh, thanks in part to the legend, Michael Dudikoff, and some of that crazy ninja action that we and, get and to you see. And the thing I
0: like about American Ninja is how good it is, but I think everybody on this show would say that the second one is even better.
2: Yes, the confrontation is the godfather, too, of canon sequels. <laughs>
0: it really is. It really is. Chad? final thoughts
1: oh my gosh uh, I, I did find uh, it wasn't recently that I found this this new connection but it was in recent years maybe 10 15 years ago that I found this new connection with the film and that was in way of as the finale is is really ramping up as the military kind of attacks this base that Ortega has you see these uh, these these vehicles these army vehicles and they they look like a, a tank hybrid they don't they're not tracked they have wheels but they have dudes on top with uh, machine guns and stuff, um, and those were the uh, M706, the the Cadillac Gauge Commando. Is what they were called. Um, but these are vehicles that they used in the '80s for like MPs and stuff like that. Used them. But I actually uh, was assigned to one of those vehicles, not the 706. But the M1117 ASV is the vehicle that I used, and when I was in Iraq in 2008.
0: And then I'll tell you what; those vehicles and that this whole thing—you know, this one came out, out obviously just before uh, Delta Force, a few months before. But and this was in the heart of my GI Joe love, so it kind of had that GI Joe vibe with with this with this movie, and then with Delta Force. So yeah, I, I was like predis- predisposed to love this movie just based on my GI Joe love.
2: And it was like a cool live action. Right. Which we're
0: still waiting to get one of
2: those.
1: It's coming.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Let's talk about. Well, Chad, you said you had uh, a little something to talk about.
1: I had one uh, toy idea. We've pitched it many times. It's, you know, the Canon, these heroes, these Paul Kersey guys. I was thinking maybe it's easier if we just start a Canon Hall of Fame or a Canon Hall of Heroes line and we include Joe Armstrong Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have the villains. We could have the Black Star Ninja on there.
0: No, uh, you just called it a heroes. Well, we could also have
1: a Villains line as well.
2: Now, if we were to do this hypothetical toy line, would we use the same Joe Armstrong sculpt to make a Matt Hunter, or would it be an entirely all new figure? We could figure?
1: do uh, James Braddock. We could we could do Chuck Matt Hunter, or we could do Duty Matt Hunter. Uh, Richard Lynch. We could have him in the in the Hall of Evil or whatever. Hall of Evil. I don't Evil know why we ha- you haven't done this already. I, I <laughs> i don't know what you're doing over there
2: but... listen oh i'm doing plenty trust me if, if it was my money at work at play there would be uh, a lot of these types of figures trust me because i am all on board for this stuff and you know it's it's proven that some of these niche products uh do retain their value or do have an audience because if you look at the stuff that shout factory does with some of their horror releases and they'll get some of those uh, limited edition figurines put in yep. with them. I know that their Night of the Demons release—they had the Angela figure from Night of the Demons—and that is not a very well-known horror property right. outside of the cult audience. And that figure on the secondary market goes for like two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, now. I
0: got the uh, Night of the Creeps uh, with the Tom Atkins nice. uh, figure from them.
2: That's another one that I, I think that goes for like a hundred and fifty now. Wow. Keep that
1: in mind. <laughs> He's like pulling up his eBay account right now.
2: They actually just announced uh, the original My Bloody Valentine coming with yeah, the yeah. So,
0: yeah, they're doing things. So yeah, there, there, there's definitely seems to be a market. I think though they figure it feels like horror movies they'll, they'll do more with them for for whatever reason. I don't know if they yeah. think those people are are more bloodthirsty, diehard fans. I, I I don't know.
2: Well, it's that, and I think that you know usually I mean outside of like the Tom Atkins that you've got. It's usually the villain, so it's usually some form of character you know some form of of monster or, or villain that has this little hook to it that you know makes it uh, that gives it the appeal. you know, if we did a Joe Armstrong figure while it would be cool to us to a lot of people it would just look like some type of 12 inch or eight inch GI Joe yeah,
1: and I think that horror is more niche than not not in there's fewer people who watch it, but they're a specific group of people whereas like action is kind of like Action, com, there's it, it's like roaches more genres. I don't know. Like more people have seen The Matrix than have seen My Night Bloody of the Valentine, Demon, Night of the Demons. You know what I mean? Like the horror group is like the wrestling fans of the yes, movie industry.
2: Yep. Agreed.
0: They will they will dump as much money into things as they possibly can.
2: Yes, because when they love something, they love it.
0: All right. Well, once again, we've talked about figures that you don't have, but what about figures <laughs> you do have? I did see a uh, Santa Claus is available
2: Whoa. from Figures Toy Company. That's right. There are two different versions of Santa. There's also a Mrs. Claus, and there are some uh, licensed figures that have Christmas attire on. So if you're feeling festive this time of year, uh, go to figurestoycompany.com. You can get a Santa Claus figure. You can get Mrs. Claus. There's uh, three stooges. There's some Kissmas figures. Uh, You know, you touched upon our license with KISS. Uh, There's also a set of the monkeys in Christmas attire. So uh, lots of ways you can ring in those jingle bells for Christmas this year at Figures Toy Company. And uh, plenty of new stuff that'll be in in time for the holidays as well. That'll be shipping uh, probably by the time you hear this, if not shortly after. Uh, We're expecting Swamp Thing from DC Comics. Uh, The first ever Scott Norton action figure for the Legends of Professional Wrestling line. Uh, The bad boy Joey Janela from the Rising Stars of Wrestling series, who's now in AEW. Uh, Just a whole lot of stuff. And then, of course, Batman classic TV series. Plenty of DC Comics heroes and villains. Hanna-Barbera cartoons like Johnny Quest and Scooby-Doo. All sorts of cool stuff that you can put under the tree at figurestoycompany.com. And if you are one of those wrestling fans out there, you can also find even more gifts at WrestlingSuperStore.com, where all of our wrestling figures, the Ring of Honor replica belts, and accessories for your wrestling toy collection are available.
0: Great options there if you have a uh, action figure lover in your life, or you yourself are, and just buy yourself some gifts. Yeah,
2: why not? Treat yourself. Treat yourself, as they say, as the kids say.
0: As they, Indeed they do. Indeed they do. Uh, and I'm going to say something right now. I would like for everybody to check out BulletproofAction.com, the official website of the Bulletproof podcast, or again, is the Bulletproof podcast, the official podcast of BulletproofAction.com. You can decide which is which. Uh, But there's always something new each and every day on the site, and we encourage you to check that out. Um, Also encourage you to join us again, because next month, Chad, we've got some interesting shows lined up, including Starship Troopers, and RTG himself will be joining us for that one.
1: That's an exciting film to talk about um it did come out on my birthday in 1997 so i i it's it's near and dear to my heart it's one that i've always loved always appreciated and i can't wait to talk to RG, RTG about it
0: and it will be uh Casper Van Deen's birthday next month so we'll be we'll be ahead of the game for Casper old CVD if you will yes. uh, also Rumor has it we we'll do a little lethal weapon action around Christmas time. So it looks like we are about out of time for Christy Petrillo and Chad Cruz. I am Christopher Rain. Thank you as always for listening and stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.